You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. It's Mock Draft Monday. Digging into multiple mock drafts. Trevor Sikama's latest mock draft from the Draft Network. The great Mel Kuyper dropped his mock draft 2.0 last week. And there are trades. And there are trades involving the 49ers. And that's big news because Mel Kuyper's been doing this since I've been alive on this earth. And he's never done trades. He and Todd McShay now have started to incorporate trades into their mock drafts this offseason. So that's fun. Let's see what old Mel has for the 49ers and... I have dropped my first mock draft of the season, the Peacock Mock 1.0. If you want to hear the entire mock draft, picks 1 through 32, go back to the Peacock and Williamson shows from Wednesday and Thursday last week. All of those selections, including the 49ers pick, which I will get into on today's show. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you will get 20% off your next order. At BD Peacock is where you can find me on Twitter. Get your questions in. I'll try to incorporate throughout this offseason one segment per episode of listener mailbag questions. We'll see if we have time to do that on today's show after diving into all of these mock drafts on this mock draft Monday episode. A preview of later in the week. Definitely we'll hit some questions with Nick Winkler on another Winky Wednesday podcast. Yes, we're pushing Nick back to his normal Wednesday slot this week. A very special episode tomorrow, Tuesday, a 49ers-Texans crossover podcast. I'll be talking with Cody and Tone, the hosts of Locked on Texans, all about Deshaun Watson, and I will be making an official offer to them on behalf of the 49ers. We'll see how they feel about it, what they think they would be looking at in trade for Deshaun Watson, if they think Deshaun Watson will actually become available this offseason. So we'll get into that whole scenario and, and what's going to happen here on the network. And it's really fun that we can do this on the network is a number of hosts are going to chat with those guys and they'll be going back and forth and, and we'll all put some offers out there on the table for Deshaun Watson and the hosts of Locked On Texans will look at those offers and decide, do we want to trade Deshaun Watson? And if we do, which offer do we like best and choose one of those offers? So uh, I would love to hear your input before I do make that official offer to them at BD Peacock. What is your max offer? Now, look, there's going to be other suitors for Deshaun Watson. It's not all about just plugging it in and saying, well, this is what I want them to accept. What is your max offer? What are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go to get someone like Deshaun Watson on the 49ers roster? Or if you want him at all, hit me up at BD Peacock. Let me know. Or email LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Where? To begin, let's start with Mel Kuyper. Not going to go through his whole mock. First of all, it's behind a paywall, so you got to be an ESPN Plus subscriber if you want to go see that whole thing. But I uh, will talk about the 49ers pick. And what's interesting is all of the mock drafts I'm talking about today, there are trades involving the number 12 pick for the 49ers. I have the 49ers moving from 12. Trevor Sikama has the 49ers going up from 12, as did Mel Kuyper. Kuyper had the Niners going from 12 to 7 with the Detroit Lions. And I think the Detroit Lions pick could be a hot spot for trades with teams trying to get in front of the Carolina Panthers to draft a quarterback. And that's exactly what the 49ers did here. They went up to get Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, who was still around at 7. And with the raw talent that Justin Fields has, the toughness, I know there is some 
history between the Shanahan's and Justin Fields going to their quarterback camp that Mike Shanahan runs and 49ers coaches have been heavily involved with, so there's some personal connections there. I could absolutely see the 49ers really liking Justin Fields, checking a lot of boxes physically, the toughness that Kyle Shanahan loves in his quarterbacks and really loves in in a lot of his offensive players, which is something that doesn't really get talked about that much sometimes. And then that personal connection, which has really been huge for this regime. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, uh, if they have a personal connection with the player, that is always a massive, massive impact on whether or not they bring a person in or a player or a coach. And it's it's really telling when you find out what the backstory is about players. Last year, it was... Herm Edwards and the connection with Arizona State and wide receiver Brandon Ayuk and they leaned on Herm Edwards and they trust Herm Edwards evaluation on a player and that person and the player's character. You go back to the first draft pick 49ers ever made. John Lynch literally took a class with Solomon Thomas in college. They had a class together. That's that can't ever have happened before in the history of the NFL where a GM took a class in college with a player that he ended up drafting. There was uh, Mike McGlinchey, they had that meeting with him that they really liked, and then uh, he was Matt Ryan's cousin, so there's a connection there. I don't know how big of a, a factor that was, but there's always connections with all the coaches and, and the folks they bring in, and even a lot of the players, there's a connection there. Obviously, the Debo thing and uh, players that they coached at the Senior Bowl, Jalen Hurd was one of those as well, even though he didn't play because he was hurt. In the Senior Bowl, they met him, and he was there at practices. So uh, connections, if you're looking for players that the 49ers might draft, might sign, go look for the connections. Go look for the history that Shanahan or Lynch or one of the other coaches might have with one of those players. So Mel Kuyper has the 49ers moving up to get Justin Fields. And the thing I like about this, and I love that Kuyper's starting to do trades, the first mock draft he's ever done with trades in him, uh, has something that really makes sense to me. Because I just mentioned how the, the seventh pick could be a place where teams are trying to get up. And especially if one of those top three quarterbacks is still there, it starts to make a lot of sense for the 49ers to try to go up and get a player. You know, top four quarterbacks, but it's harder for Trey Lance as much as I really, really like Trey Lance. And I would love for the 49ers to draft him at 12. It's hard to trade up for a player who's only started for one full season at the D2 level. I just think that he's the guy that's going to fall a little bit if if one of them is going to fall because it's so hard to bank on that and give up extra picks to move up for that player who just hasn't put enough out there. He hasn't played enough. He hasn't been through enough as a, as a quarterback. He's going to be the first player ever drafted that was born in the 2000s if you want to feel old. So that's how young Trey Lance is as a football player and as a human being. But all reports are that he's an awesome human being and that he's a leader and he will put all of the work in and he's a self-made guy and he has a ridiculous arm and athletic and big and strong and he's super tough as well. So I could see the 49ers liking him. I just think it's less likely that a team's going to give up a bunch to move up for Trey Lance, even as talented as he is. But I think it's a smart trade projection by Kuyper if... Fields was to fall that far even to pick seven, getting up in front of the Panthers, and and that all makes a lot of sense, and I think that's an area that it would make sense for the 49ers to get up because at pick six or seven, you could start to see where 
value-wise, the 49ers can move up and not have to give up a bunch of extra first-round picks and not have to give up a number of picks, and you're looking at the chart, and maybe it would only cost a second-round pick to go up from 12 to 7, and then you can get your quarterback, and I think it all becomes a little bit more palatable there than than moving a whole bunch of first-rounders for a coin flip at quarterback in the top three or four picks. And since this scenario is interesting to me, I want to play this out so we can kind of see like, okay, what does it look like if you're trading up, if you're trading back, if you're standing pad, if you're drafting quarterback, if you're drafting a different position in the first round. I want to play this out. So I went to thedraftnetwork.com and I used Kuiper's start of the draft. Niners trade up to seven, draft Justin Fields, and then I went through the rest of, not the entire draft, I think it went through five rounds, which is a number of picks because the Niners have three fifth round picks. So uh, I went through five rounds of the draft. We can kind of see how things go and see what it looks like if you move up to seven and then the Niners don't pick again for almost 100 picks until late round three would be the next pick after trading their second rounder to move up and what kind of draft haul that would look like and compare it to maybe what some other things would look like. And uh, we're just going to play with a ton of scenarios this offseason because that's what it's all about. And it's draft season. So mock draft Mondays will be extremely fun, I think, every week through April next. Trevor Sikama's trade he has for the 49ers in his latest mock draft that dropped today at thedraftnetwork.com. Then I'll talk a little bit about my mock draft, which has the 49ers going in the other direction, trading back in the 2021 draft coming up you want in on the action well you can get some at betonline.ag bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action i know the nfl season is over but you can still bet on what's going to happen in the nfl draft picks one two three first wide receiver off the board first uh, offensive lineman off the board where will J.J. Watt end up? Where will Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson end up? College football futures for next season. NFL Super Bowl winner for next season. NHL, NBA in full swing. Major League Baseball uh, just about to get going. And of course, one of the best things when it comes to sports betting every single year is, and I'm so glad we're having it this year, March Madness. Bet Online even has awards, TV shows, and reality TV you can bet on. Table games, poker, blackjack, real time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I'd like to take this opportunity really quick, actually, to let you know about the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, hosted by Trevor Sikama, whose podcast I'm about to talk about. He also writes for the Draft Network, where this mock draft came from. But they're talking NFL Draft every day. Benjamin Solak and Trevor Sikama on the Locked On NFL podcast daily. A number of other new pods here on the network as well that you should check out. Locked On Today and Locked On Presents among them, along with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, of course, because I'm involved there. You got to subscribe to that one. And if you're not, I don't know what you're doing with your life. We're talking about the NFL every day. After you talk, after you hear me talk about the 49ers, you should tune into that uh, and uh, get former NFL college scout Matt Williamson and myself uh, get that pod going, talking about the league wide. I have a lot of fun talking with Matt every day about NFL football. Trevor Sikama's mock draft from the Draft Network is a doozy. The 49ers moving up, getting aggressive in this one, going all the way up to pick number three to select Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State, 
University. Not even 21 years old yet. Born in the year 2000, making me and probably most of you feeling quite old right now. And so I mentioned why Trey Lance is the one that I think is less. I mean, he's super talented, and I could see a team loving him and going up and getting him, absolutely. And I don't think he's going to fall much past 12 if he was to fall a little bit. He's going to go in the top half of the first round for a reason. He's, he's too good. 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions in his redshirt freshman year at quarterback. His one full season as a starting quarterback, zero interceptions thrown. And he threw another 1,000 yards rushing on top of it. Cannon arm, athletic, smart. But he played with the best, F, what is it, FCS? I forget. what It's a Division It's a Division II football school at North Dakota State. But they're the best one, and they have all the best players there. They've got another first-round caliber offensive tackle that Joe Staley is working with, Dylan Radens, who I think is going to be probably a top 40 or 50 player. And I think I had him in my mock draft going in the first round. I think he's a first-round guy. He was the best offensive tackle at the Senior Bowl. So that's what kind of talent they're lining up against against other D2 schools. So it's really hard to, but they've developed pro quarterbacks. Carson Wentz came from there. Um, the the guy who was starting in front of Trey Lance when he was a, a redshirting as a freshman, who's now the backup, I believe, with the Colts, and I'm blinking on his name right now. It was a transfer from somebody else, I think. He transferred from D1 back to North Dakota State. Anyway, um, Trey Lance, great prospect, but for the reasons I laid out earlier, I don't know if he's the guy that teams will be trading up to get. He might be the guy that people allow to fall to them, but not go up to get just because of that unknown, just because of the one season as a starter that you never like. And that one season was at North Dakota State against subpar competition. But I do like Trey Lance a lot. And Trevor has the 49ers moving up from 12 to 3, which will be quite expensive, by the way, with the Miami Dolphins, who's the team I have the 49ers trading with, actually, but going the other direction. More on that in a moment. The 49ers trade their first rounder this year, 12, a third rounder this year, 102, a fifth rounder, two fifth rounders this year. So a first, third, two fifths this year, and a first round next year in 2022, a third rounder in 2022, and a second rounder in 2023. That's a near Deshaun Watson type package that you would have to put together. This is to go up to get a guy who started one D2 season of college football at pick three. That's how expensive it is to go up to three. That's why I said it's it's unlikely the 49ers go that high up to me. And the 49ers get back a, a sixth rounder along with that number three pick that they use to draft Trey Lance. So the Miami Dolphins already have a number of picks, get even more picks after that trade back. And, and that's what it costs. And it, it, it it's... Trevor talks about in here that it says it may be too rich for some people. And yes, it's too rich for me. I think it would be too rich for the 49ers to get an unknown quarterback, even one as talented as Trey Lance is. And if you're willing to give up that much to go up in the draft, you better be willing to give up that plus a little bit more to go get Deshaun Watson, who you already know is great if that's the case. And if you're giving up all those draft picks, are you sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo? Trey Lance, it's very unlikely he'd be ready to go week one, year one. So now you have Jimmy's salary and you, do ha- you lose all those draft picks to build around Jimmy and b- build around Trey Lance. So it, it just gets very difficult. This trade, I think, is much more unlikely than the one that Mel Kuyper Jr. proposed in his 
latest mock draft. Even though, again, I love Trey Lance. And if Trey Lance had had multiple seasons starting in college and it was at a, at a D1 school with bigger competition, I, I think he'd probably be the slam dunk number two pick in this draft. That's how talented he is. But I think he's going to go four for all the reasons I laid out. Too rich for me for the 49ers to move up this far, and that's probably what it would cost. Well, it's going to take next year's first plus some other day two picks to go up that high from 12 to number three to get a quarterback. And Zach Wilson did go number two to the Jets in this mock draft with Trevor Lawrence one, which means that uh, Justin Fields was the fourth quarterback off the board. He goes just a couple picks later with the Panthers moving up from eight to five with the Bengals to draft Justin Fields. So with Kuyper's mock, maybe at pick seven, all four quarterbacks are gone. So the 49ers wouldn't even have an opportunity to go there which is why some teams might have to get a little bit more aggressive and go up higher to get their quarterbacks. I could totally see that happening. And I could totally see the Panthers at eight moving up from there to ensure a team doesn't leapfrog them with the Lions at pick seven. So so many scenarios that could play out. It's super interesting to see how different minds look at this thing and when you put your GM cap on and see how things could potentially unfold on draft day, it gets really fun. So, quarterback, quarterback so far in those two mock drafts. What about the Peacock Mock 1.0? What did the 49ers do there? Well, the 49ers were not as aggressive as those two mocks by Kuyper and Trevor Sikama. And for that reason, the top three quarterbacks were off the board in the first four picks in my mock draft. Again, you have to check in. Well, Wednesday's podcast is when we start going over my mock draft on the Peacock and Williamson show. Go subscribe and go start with that Wednesday podcast last week to find the Peacock mock that does cover the 49ers pick. So, again, like I laid out, I think it's it's too rich to go up and trade up extra picks for a quarterback who's only started one season of D2 football and Trey Lance as much as I like him. And then he got swooped up by the Panthers at eight. So that meant none of the top four quarterbacks made it to the 49ers at 12. And both cornerbacks, a little spoiler here, both cornerbacks that I think the 49ers would really be looking at at pick 12 were off the board. And those are, those are the six players that I think right now today, as we head into March 1st from February 28th in the evening where I'm recording this. When you listen to this, it's going to be March 1st. Uh, We've got a little under two months left until draft day. I think those six players are are solidly the ones I'd be looking at. Now, free agency is going to change some things, I think, for the 49ers. Maybe some workouts, finding out exactly how tall and fast and how long players' arms are and things like that. Uh, Heights and weights and speeds are going to be very important to this draft process, and we'll get some more information on a lot of players, hopefully from those pro days. And maybe even we'll get some GPS miles per hours from these prospects, which I know the 49ers have leaned on in recent years. I know they talked about that with Brandon Ayuk. They talked about it with Dre Greenlaw. And I think it's really important. I think it's probably a better indication of speed than those 40 times are. And I hope we get those public at some point soon because I think that would be really fun, especially with a season like this where there's no combine to match everybody up and see how they all move on the same field together. So the 49ers sitting at 12, those six players are off the board. What do you do? Well, you start taking phone calls, in my opinion, and it was actually the Miami Dolphins that in Trevor's 
mock. The Niners moved up to three. Dolphins have two first-round picks. They also pick at 18. In my mock draft, the Dolphins picked Penny Sewell at three, and then at 18 got aggressive, called the 49ers, moved up from 18 to 12 to take Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddell. So the Niners move back, gain an extra pick, and at pick 18, I had the 49ers taking the second defensive end, a pass rusher off the board in that mock draft. Didn't have a cornerback I like there. Didn't have a QB I like there. I think a pass rushing defensive end is the next, easily the next need, the next biggest positional value and positional need the 49ers have. Keep a strength, the strength. And I went with the really long and athletic and raw pass rusher out of Miami who opted out of the 2020 season but was a freak and a monster in his freshman year. 15 and a half sacks in his lone college season for Gregory Rousseau, who was a high school safety and wide receiver and outgrew those positions by a lot. 6'6", 265 pounds, and has all that length and athleticism you would need. He springs like a frog on quarterbacks with his long limbs. A little bit of Alden Smith-like length. Remember his condor-like arms? He has that kind of length Gregory Rousseau does, and he's just a pup, but sky's the limit for him, and I think would add a lot of juice on the opposite. And he rushed from the left side, too, which is important because Nick Bosa likes rushing from the right side. So I would love the fit Rousseau for the 49ers, especially after a trade back, even though I would consider him at 12. So that's how my projection went for the 49ers. I don't think they will be super aggressive to move up very far in the draft unless they find that one quarterback and he does start to fall past the top five. And then maybe they could make their move. Maybe a couple spots for the right corner if they're not able to re-sign some guys. I could see some scenarios where they move up, but I don't think it would be very far. And we know John Lynch is active though. So they're, he's moved down one spot in the first round twice so far since he's been a GM in his first four drafts. So uh, you know he's going to move. He traded all of his picks last year. And it's interesting that uh, all three of the mocks we looked at today had the 49ers making trades two up, one back. I want to go from where Kuiper had the Niners moving up to Justin Fields and just play that out and see what it looks like not having a second round pick that the 49ers would have traded to get up in that sort of a deal. And then we'll take some questions here to finish up this mock draft Monday. Been playing golf with a buddy and I always stick a built bar in my golf bag because it's the perfect thing to power you through the back nine. So you don't go into the clubhouse and order, you know, something terrible for you, a chili dog or burger and fries or whatever. Then your hands are greasy when you're trying to play golf for the back nine quick and easy. Have a built bar roll into the 10th hole and get some protein that will power you through and a lot of times even play better, not weighed down by some huge meal. More room for an extra beverage too if if that's how you play your back nine. But my friend, I have to take two Built Bars because my friend's like, hey, you got one of those Built Bars? Like scratching his neck. He's like, yeah, yeah, give me one of those Built Bars. I love those Built Bars. And I'm like, dude, you got to go. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get your own box of Built Bars 20% off because I'm not going to keep supplying you build bars every time we play golf because I want to hoard some for myself. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, even great for a keto diet. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next box of built bars. And by the way, keep a lookout for the Draft Network YouTube channel. Trevor's been doing this really 
cool series of versus live mock drafts where he drafts for a team and he has a guest that drafts for another team and they go through a live mock draft and play it out. And uh, I might be joining him. We'll see if it works out representing the 49ers in that live versus mock draft. I don't know what team he would be drafting for, but uh, if that happens, I will let everybody know on Twitter and here on the podcast. And you'll have to check that out because, uh, and, and you should watch the other series with the other teams that they're doing. It's, it's really cool. And they have a ton of content at the Draft Network right now, doing a lot of fun stuff, which you should definitely be checking out. Now, you might be saying, hey, Brian, what's up with saying it's cool to move up to pick seven, but not to pick three? What's the difference? Well, if you're looking at the trade chart, it's a huge difference. And, and I just laid out what Trevor said it would cost for the 49ers to move from 12 to three. And if you're looking at the old school trade chart, every team has their own trade charts, but uh, a lot of them originally were worked off this classic Jimmy Johnson trade chart. And a lot of the trades aren't too far off. Kind of depends on what a team needs. If a, if there's a lot of people in on a trade, negotiations could go haywire and, and really cost a lot more for teams moving up in some cases, which might be the case for teams that are trying to get up to number three. And who knows? So let's say if the Panthers were also trying to get up to number three, they have a better pick, pick eight. So a team would rather move from three to eight. So you got to pay more than what the Panthers are offering. So you got to, you know, pepper in those extra thirds and fifths uh, along with, you know, your two this year and your one next year to get all, all the way up to number three. So just from straight chart value, if you're going from 12 to seven, it's only 300 points. Pick 12 is worth 1,200 points. Pick seven is worth 1,500 points. So 300 points is a late second round pick. So that's what it costs to move up to seven. Now, going all the way up to three is a thousand points, which is about the 16th pick in the draft. So essentially, the 49ers would need two, would need an extra mid first rounder to go up from 12 to three. And that's if no other teams are, are throwing similar stuff at a team like the Dolphins at number three. So when you factor in next year's first, which is usually worth, you know, usually next year's picks are worth one less round than this year's picks would be so a next year's first is was worth about what a this year's second would be so if that's the case next year's first plus this year's second is still not quite even enough to get all the way up to pick three from 12 so now you're talking about adding in the threes and the fives and all those extra picks that trevor had so it's just exponentially more difficult to move up to the very top picks in the nfl draft if you're looking at straight chart value. Now, if a team really wants to get out and they think that, you know, there's not really the value in that pick and only one team's offering, you can get up for a lot less. And you do see trades that are less than that sometimes. But to really get up to the top to draft a quarterback is usually pretty expensive. And I think probably too expensive for the 49ers. But if they did trade up to seven and drafted Justin Fields, what would the rest of the draft look like because you wouldn't have a second round pick. The Niners wouldn't pick again until pick 102 at the very end of round three, that Robert Sala comp pick. So the Niners have Justin Fields at pick seven. Uh, the Detroit Lions in the second round now have the 49ers pick. Here is just a run of players that went between 44 and 51, right in that area where the 49ers would be picking in round two. In this particular simulation on the Draft Network draft machine. Dylan Radens, mentioned him earlier, offensive tackle from North Dakota State would be a fantastic fit for the 49ers, I think, and a nice value in the second round. Richie Grant, safety from UCF, might be the top safety, maybe the second safety. He was the best safety at the Senior Bowl, really stood out at the Senior Bowl. Trayvon Morig, another safety 
from TCU. Those are the top two safeties, and they would be nice for the 49ers in the second round. Rondale Moore, explosive wide receiver from Purdue, can get deep down the field, can catch and run underneath. I could absolutely see him being a Shanahan favorite in this draft at wide receiver. Worth that pick, I don't think the 49ers would necessarily go wide receiver that early, but who knows? Wyatt Davis, guard from Ohio State. Javante Williams, stud running back, one of the top three running backs in this class. Joseph Asai, stand-up outside pass rushing edge rusher from the University of Texas. And Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback from Florida State. Inside out, flexible, competitive, athletic cornerback uh, goes at 51 in this mock draft. So just a number of players. You're missing out on one of those guys if you trade away your second round pick. So I just wanted to to show what it, it costs. So that was the cost and getting your quarterback. If you get your quarterback, it's okay. You missed out on potentially a starting caliber player there, uh, most likely on the defensive side of the ball, maybe even an offensive lineman in the second round if you trade that pick away. So that's the cost of doing business with just one pick. And, you know, there might be even more picks involved with trading up for a quarterback in round one. So uh, what did I do the rest of this mock? I went through five rounds here. Fields at pick seven. Niners don't pick again until 102, and the pickings do start getting slim. Didn't really love the corners that were available at this point, which is tough for losing uh, uh, your your top 50 draft pick and then not picking a corner in round one either. That's where the starting cornerbacks in a lot of cases come in the NFL. Bunch of really good day two corners on that Super Bowl roster for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the way they built that thing. Patrick Jones, the second edge rusher from Pittsburgh, ended up being my selection there at 102. I think the value's there that late for him. I don't love him, but he's he's got a lot of physical ability and, and looks the part. I wish the production was better. Uh, maybe he can get coached up. I think he would be a nice fit for that wide nine. Just kind of line him up out wide and point him at the quarterback and tell him to go. 117, the 49ers' fourth-round pick went with Trill Williams, cornerback from Syracuse. I think he meets the 49ers' standards for length and athleticism. Outside, Walker Little, offensive tackle from Stanford. Could probably play some guard for the 49ers. Had him going in round five. I don't think he's actually going to be there. I think he's too good to be here, but he's kind of a lost prospect because of how little ball he's played and the injury uh, history he's had at Stanford and then uh, not playing and opting out in 2020. A player I really love the more I watch, small school wide receiver. The Niners really need a wide receiver that is shaped like Austin Watkins out of UAB, 6'2", 220. He's got speed and go up and get the ball, uh, can dominate you. And he was a a junior college transfer, so not a big-time recruit. But I think he's going to be a late riser in this process. I don't know if he's even going to be there in round five at the end of it. And then the last pick in the fifth round with Shaka Tony, another edge rusher. Just in case Patrick Jones doesn't work out, Shaka Tony a uh, stand-up type edge rusher from Penn State. Undersized, could play some off-ball linebacker, but has a lot of juice and really productive off the edge as a rotational pass rusher. So uh, that was the haul I had after moving up for Justin Fields at seven. And you might get a bunch of backups there. You might get some starters. You might get lucky swinging for the fences on a few of those guys. And I like some of these prospects. If you hit on the quarterback, then uh, it's all gravy after that. But gets much more difficult if you don't have that second round pick to try to draft a starting caliber player and the 49ers will need to draft some starting caliber players in this draft and if you don't spend a first rounder on one of those other starting quarterbacks or other starting caliber players either and you still have Jimmy G and Justin Fields do you do that together if you're moving up for a quarterback like Justin Fields do you want him to start right away then maybe the Niners would have an an extra draft pick if they were able to trade 
Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know. A ton of questions when it comes to the 49ers. How do you build this thing? But I wanted to start with Kuyper's mock pick at seven and, and play that out and see what that would look like. And, and in the end, I think that would be all right. Hall for the 49ers long term wouldn't help them as much, though, in 2021. A couple of questions really quick before we go. Thanks, everybody, for the constant questions that are coming in to me on Twitter. This one from Failure Theory. He says, do you agree the Niners only have about 20 players under contract that are highly likely to be on the 2021 roster? A little scary. It's not quite that low, but they could lose a number of guys. I mean, this is going to be it. People talk about, hey, like let's run it back again like it was 2019 with a healthy Bosa and a healthy, a healthy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not the same team. This is a different team from 2019. So if the 49ers are going to win and remain good, there's a lot of players that are still around, but it's going to be a different team. And the 49ers uh, are going to have to get some help from a lot of places they hadn't gotten it in 2019 if they are going to win in 2021 but it's going to be more than 20 players returning from last season's roster uh finish it up with anthony who says don't you think the niners will have interest in wide receiver curtis samuel from the carolina panthers free agent seems like the style shanahan likes oh absolutely sort of a hybrid wide receiver running back kyle shanahan could have a ton of fun with a player like curtis samuel the only problem is Niners don't have any money to spend on really a luxury like that. Just a fun toy for Shanahan's offense. Curtis Samuel is a perfect fit for Shanahan. Like I, I absolutely could see that someone who can take short passes and, and uh, run after the catch. But I just don't think the 49ers are going to have enough money. And I think Samuel will get enough money that would be priced out of the 49ers range. But I could be wrong. Shanahan could uh, go into Prague's office and say, hey, Carve out X amount of dollars because I need that guy on my roster. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow with the Texans crossover, making an offer on Deshaun Watson. Some more of your questions, a winky Wednesday, more guests, more draft, more free agency coverage all offseason long right here, Locked On 49ers.